This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, it is actually a few days before uh, Hanukkah or Christmas or Kwanzaa or whatever holiday that you celebrate or I guess don't celebrate during this time. But it's one that I love. I love the lights, love the lights. And I love the um, inspiration that can come. I love the, the, the peace I feel when I'm out just not in the stores, of course, but that just just in general and just sharing with friends and catching up. And one of the things that's really good to look at is, you know, what are you doing for the coming year? And, and what are you going to do to set up your uh, writing to really goose it, to, to turn up the heat, to get it sizzling, to get it on fire? And so that's what we're going to focus on today, which really leads into some things that I'm going to be doing all next week. And I want you all to take advantage of it. First of all, I am going to be doing a Pick My Brain, two different webinars on the 27th and 28th. And I'm going to encourage all of you to go to authoru.org and register and take advantage of this because it's really about game plans and action plans and uh, getting you current rejuvenating, rejuiced, repurposed, and moving on. And that uh, that do take advantage of it. I also am going to do a webinar extravaganza all during the week where I'm going to be picking the best webinars that I have done throughout the year, and we're going to be doing them on a replay. And again, that you will find where you can register for that, um, and that's on the website now at authoru.org. Just go to events and you'll find everything. And and just click away because this is a great coming week to really plant the seeds of what do you want to do next. So with that, it all starts with the writing. I mean, you can have a great book. I mean, exquisite words. But if you don't know how to market, you're going to be in deep doo-doo. But I do want you to understand that just a twist of a word to get you creative thinking um, can make all the difference of keeping your reader engaged and creating a page turner of a book versus blah and having that shut by page 18, which is typically when most books are shut down. So with us is my favorite writing muse, Anne Randolph. She's been a guest before. Um, she is the author of just released Write on Fire, and she'll talk about that. And also the international best-selling stories gathered um, at the kitchen table. So Anne's webinar, or she's website is uh, Anne Randolph, and that's A-N-N-E, 
Randolph.com. So I'm going to encourage you to take advantage of all the goodies and certainly her delightful blog that she puts out. But with that, we're just going to jump in and on and and get into writing with juice and on fire. Hi, Anne. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. What a great day for us to do some kitchen table writing. I think so. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, it, I, you know what I'm excited about today. It's the day after winter solstice, and that means each day adds more light, and we are moving now towards summer, which makes me a happy camper. <laughs> it makes me happy that I love having light in the morning. I think yeah, morning too. is a fabulous time to write, early in the morning, so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward for that, for, mm-hmm. for more light, more writing, and uh, more kitchen table writing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I had a, a, a metamorphosis for a client of mine because I, when I work with my clients, I always like to write their back cover. And it's it's always amazing to me how boring most of them are. And she's written this really delightful, delightful uh, Celtic uh, novel um, with princess warriors and all kinds of things. But the back cover was gag me. And it was it was typically where these authors get into, and you see it all the time, man. They tell, 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 and verses show and engage and suck them in. So I just took it over and and really wrote it with the little sex it's got and betrayal it's got and the intrigue and naughtiness and you know all kinds of things, the conflict to bring people in to do that, and it just made. I mean, it just made the book come alive that you would think, okay, I would read this book versus is this an historical, going to academic tell me stuff versus take me on a journey in the fantasy and a ride. And it's it's and just kitchen table writing is gives you a great opportunity to bring to bring that fire to your writing, to bring mm-hmm. that energy and to ignite your words. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and particularly this time of year with the with kitchen smells like cinnamon and nutmeg and yeah. all those goody goody holiday things. Uh, uh, the kitchen table, I believe, is the place to to absolutely write. And, and and that's three cheers. So you know what? When I'm done with when I'm done with the show, I'm going to go start making gingerbread. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll, be, we'll all be over. We're all ready for that, right? I I make great gingerbread. All right, so let's let's talk into some of the things because you are a huge advocate, um, and I know that when I do my how to write a book in four weeks course, um, that I want people to do practice writing. So let's talk about what is practice writing. And, and, you know, what other animals out here are really recommending it? Well, practice writing is a term that was pretty much created by uh, Natalie Goldberg. Natalie Goldberg is uh, known for uh, uh, write, write Down the Bones. And uh, she talked about you sit down and you write and you let anything come off the page. Uh, it's also similar to uh, Julia uh, Cameron. And Julia Cameron's famous book is The Artist's Way, where Julia Cameron says, write three pages every day. I believe with practice writing, it makes sense if you have something you're going to write about, and then you just let the hand move. Uh, I so strongly believe in writing by hand. And uh, I think you get different uh, information when you're writing by hand. Your hand is the closest to your heart, uh, so it's very easy to 
pour out what's really going on with you. So practice writing. So many times people think, uh, I'm going to sit down and write a novel. Where the, the uh, dancer Nutcracker doesn't say, I'm going to hop up and do a dance. They practice. The salsa dancer practices. The guitar player practices. And, uh, and we don't just write a novel. We don't just write a book about the cares of our heart. We accumulate our writing material. And uh, you, know the, you know the famous joke, uh, I use it in every class so people know it by heart, and the, uh, the, there's, a tra- there's a traveler in New York and they're lost and they stop a cabbie and they say, excuse me, sir, can you tell me uh, how to get to Carnegie Hall? And the <laughs> cabbie says, practice, practice. <coughs> practice. Exactly. Exactly the same with writing, that, that we must sit down. In fact, it's been said that if you're going to, uh, to write a novel or you're going to write a, a book, that you need to have already written a million words. And practice is a part of putting together those million words. Uh, and, and that is and the Megan words, it turns into something often glorious. And and I know I've done a lot of those practice sessions with you. When you start us off with just really some really off the wall things. <laughs> well, know. off the yeah. wall puts us in the wall, which I think is terrific, right? Yeah, 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 right. So okay, so what are the key? Go. What are the key spices in in gingerbread? Well, cinnamon, cloves, ginger, nutmeg. All right, so. Start writing using those four words in your first paragraph. All right, that puts you starting, okay, I just have to let the sucker flow. Um, but there's just so much that you can do. Well, you know, when you're talking about gingerbread, because this is certainly the, the season for these kind of smells, uh, I really believe that the senses can help ignite our writing. And um, uh, oftentimes in my classes, I'll pass around little, uh, little vials that have different smells in them. And it's really fun to, to smell something and close your eyes and then see what comes up from smell. Uh, you know, there's the, the, famous, uh, the famous Marcel Proust uh, line about, uh, you know, that you smell. He, was, he smelled a crumpet and he smelled some tea and then he wrote a thousand pages about what came up from, from those particular smells. But the senses are just hugely important. Touch is important to get your writing started. Uh, what's going on in your heart is really important to, what's, uh, to practice writing, how your body feels, because you want to get into your body. So many of us, in fact, practically almost all of us are somewhere else. Our body is here, but our mind is somewhere out in the stratosphere. And so we want to get centered and down into our body and then allow whatever is to come out, come out. Um, I, I so strongly believe that the genius for a writer is already there. And all we have to do is let that genius free. And uh, yeah, another one of my stories, and this is kind of a famous one with Michelangelo, and people ask the question uh, about the David, the David, and they said, mm-hmm. uh, how, did you, how did you sculpt the David? And he said, well, I took a piece of marble, and I chipped away everything that wasn't the David, and that genius was already there. Oh, so, so what you're saying, and we're going to take a quick break here, but what you're saying is the genius is always within us but what you have to do is get rid of the clutter 
so it can shout. That is fabulous. Let's all quote that. Get rid of the clutter <laughs> so the genius can shout. That is a fabulous line. Yeah, okay. I'm going to write that one down. All right. We're going to be right back with this. This is the awesome writing muse um, and writing coach, Ann Randolph. She teaches classes, um, and she is the author of Write on Fire, as well as the international bestseller, Stories Gathered at the Kitchen Table. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another, Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author U today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author U on Twitter at Author U and on Facebook at Author U, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author U, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Every picture tells a story, and it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for... Excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. 
choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. So Anne has let us all know that we are brilliant. We have genius in our DNA and didn't even know it. And, and you know, I, there are times when, and when I have uh, some books, like one of my favorite books is Laura uh, Hildebrand's Sea Biscuit. I love some of the lines that are in her book that, that are just so rich, and rich is the right word, rich as, as she strung them together that I just had to stop and chew over them and read them again and again. Not that I didn't get them. That, that they were just such wonderful morsels, and I loved what she had done. Well, getting those morsels is what's hugely important in, in our writing, and once again, that's why the genius is already there, uh, that we get out of our way and we let those morsels come out, and they don't have to make any sense. Yeah, I think that that's really critical. You know, you also talk about that genius is really fragile. So what do you mean by that? The genius is extremely fragile. I think of it like of a a little newborn critter uh, that's just facing the wall. And it's so easy when you're doing this kind of writing to get a slap which will keep you from doing your writing. There are all kinds of classes everywhere where you can go and they'll tell you everything that's wrong with you. That is actually important when you're at a certain phase of writing. But when you're just creating, we want to encourage that genius. And it's, it's interesting in line with that, with my classes, we're all positive-based. So people will come to the classes and they will write and they will read their writing and this is all fresh writing. It has just come down. So we as an audience only make comments on the images that moved us in that writing. My theory is if you know what you're doing well, you can continue to do that. You can do that over and over again. If you're told constantly what you're doing wrong, you can crawl under the table and not come out until maybe spring. Uh, So taking care of that genius, the genius needs to be fed, the genius needs exercise, the genius needs lots of sleep, the genius needs good health, uh, and the genius needs to know that they are a wonderful, delightful, precious creature that we want to cherish and take mm-hmm. care of. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's it's important, like you you said, that light is so important for you. You know, you work well in light. I I do too. I, I'm not being in a cave doesn't work for me. And it's it's interesting that uh, you haven't been to our new home that we have bought and gutted and redone. And I have to tell you, 
the, the whole office is downstairs. So, well, we've turned into all our offices. We have 2,000 square feet down here. I'm, it was like a freaking cave. The floors were charcoal gray. The walls were charcoal gray. The ceilings were charcoal gray. And it was like bummer, bummer, bummer. And the first thing I had to do was knock out some walls because I'm into open stuff but also get rid of the gray ceilings. I could tolerate the gray floors, that neutral and minds its own business, but in the carpeting, but I had to get rid and, and bring massive light into here. And even the windows, they had frosted them all up, and I was down to the handy-dandy Home Depot to get the scraper to open up to bring light in, because I have to work that way. But I totally agree, too. At the kitchen table writing, uh, we do some of our writing classes in my own studio, and uh, my studio has four giant windows that make up an entire wall, and when mm -hmm. people come to class, they will sit and they will look out the windows. They won't sit on the other yes. side. It looks away. So it's yeah. almost like, like sitting at a bus station, but people love that light, and they love seeing nature outside. And that's all a part of nurturing that genius and, and igniting that genius. Well, that's where, you know, that I think that you need to find those, your muse, I refer to you as a muse, to refer to the, what the muse, what makes you work. I mean, I, I like to hear water. I like to see water. That's always part of it. Sunshine. I, I need that um, area. So gloom and doom doesn't work for me. But and, and, of course, we need to also say, for some authors, you excel in darkness. I mean, for some authors, I'm always amused and amazed how well they work in a, uh, a cluttered, in a noisy, in a movement-filled, like a, a Starbucks where I, you know, I would be so distracted, I wouldn't be doing anything. I would just be a voyeur. But and but you, you know, know what? there are those, there are those coffee shop writers, and uh, yes, and there's uh, something yes. about that's their the genius. Sound, and mm -hmm. the sound creates white noise for them, and exactly. they can therefore go into their place of of writing uh, because that white noise is around. Exactly. So when you have that going on, um, I, I think what we're saying is you need to find your spot that will allow your genius to multiply and come out and play. And, and, and when you find it, you keep going back to it. And people work different ways. I work early in the morning. Now, it's interesting that I love light, but then during the winter months, I still am up early in the morning, and I have a little desk light that I turn on, and there's something cozy about being in that morning space. It may be dark outside, or I can look out my great windows and see snow outside, uh, but morning is great for me. There are other people that are midnight writers, that they write of much course. better at night. And then sometimes it's fun to write when you don't normally write. So if you're not a coffee shop writer, it's sometimes fun to break up the, uh, the I hate to say monotony, but to break up uh, the what is the plan and to go to the coffee shop and see what comes out of your hand by uh, writing in a totally different place. Because, as you said, you know, I'm a voyeur there. but So I may see an event happening or a sequence or someone that all of a sudden will might bring color to what I'm doing. 
and writing and and so that could be a very good thing but but i'm like you i'm the 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 morning person i'm also what you call a binge writer i'm not someone who does a little bit kind of every day i can just when i sit down i can bang something out and and i you know i i play that way but i like I, I'm up at four in the morning. You know, I if it's it's winter time like it is right now, I will turn on the fire. I may I may have some soft music going already. I will have a brewing hot cup of tea, and I just kind of settle in and go cozy, um, and I'm ready to go. And what I like about it is I'm not highly distracted by phone and email at that time. Right, and uh, quite honestly, I don't answer the phone. So I've, I think it's just really important to, to preserve that time and space for your writing. I won't look at the email. I don't answer the phone. And, and it's kind of a nice rule for anyone who's going to sit down and do writing time. You know, I think time is so important to talk about with writing. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to have timed writing when you're practicing, to say, I'm going to write for 15 minutes or I'm going to write for 15 minutes every day for an entire month. Uh, and with timed writing, I actually set, I set the timer on my, uh, on my oven because I'm writing in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. I set that timer on the oven and I'll set 20 minutes. If I feel like writing longer, I will do that. But I know that I have, have this amount of space that I don't have to think about anything else. You know, the other fun thing about timed writing is that if you know uh, how much time you're going to write, your body will adjust to that, and your body will give your writing a natural beginning, middle, and end. And in fact, in the workshop, mm-hmm. I'll say to people, say to people, uh, we're going to write for one more minute. And what happens is everything that you wanted to say comes out in that last minute, or the most brilliant line that you didn't really know was even there will come out in that last minute. So timed writing is hugely important. So would that be an exercise that that people might want to just start getting into the habit? I mean, I think that actually doing something like you know, I used to call it went with with conflict resolution when I was working with people on conflict resolution. That I said I, I just want to go into some what I would call no integrity, no in, no in, no integrity solutions, and just you just throw anything on the table, bang, 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 and we did it for one minute, very timed, and it was amazing what little gems might come out of that. I mean, I, I wanted anything that they could think of off the head, and I think that with your kind of timed writing, your beginning, middle, end, sometimes that starts off slow. But when you know that that clock or the little buzzer is going to go off in 30 seconds, how something can really cram and come out. And, you know, there, there's another great visual example. If you ever watch the cooking shows like Chopped, it is amazing. Oh, I know. It's, you, know, you know, I'm addicted to some of those, that, that it is amazing how quickly they all get it together within that last 60 seconds. It is amazing to me. Well, and they come out with a, with a, a beautiful plate with all, all kinds of uh, decoration on, on the plate, which is stunning. I know. When I we know. cook at home, we actually savor our cooking and take our time with our cooking. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but writing has, has both places. We'll be right where we're going to stop in a second and that great thing comes out, 
Well, we're going to take a little longer time and, and mellow and, and nurture what is coming out with that writing. Mm-hmm. So, so let, let's talk about nurturing because there is that that different types of writing. I mean, you work with with writers, whether they're poets or they're fiction or they're getting into nonfiction, and and certainly you work with a lot of people who do memoir writing, that narrative nonfiction set. So, what what are what kind of tips do you see that are similarities, and are there differences? Well, that's kind of an interesting question. Uh, in, when you're writing nonfiction, everything we write is a story. And so if we have facts that we need to tell people, there's still a story in, the, in those facts. And that's where fresh writing comes in. When we're writing memoir, we're really just seeking into our heart and writing something about ourselves. And once again, we, we want to narrow down to exactly who we are. No matter what kind of writing that you do, I always have people begin with start lines. And uh, a start line, is, it can be anything. I always open and close a class with a poem, and I pretty much pull a start line out of one of the poems. Uh, but I believe you may not need to be writing exactly about what I suggest, but what you do need to be writing about will absolutely come out. And the purpose of the start line gives you the opportunity to sit down and get going. It's uh, being in the chair. It is assigning the time to do the writing that really is, is what counts. Um, you know, you can ask about start lines. In, uh, in both of my books, I have a, a good list of uh, start lines and start line suggestions. Well, and, you know what? Uh, let's, let's take a quick break, and I want to come back to that because I love the start line exercise. And, and what I do it is it's almost like, okay, everyone, pay attention. Body, get attention. Head, get attention. Fingers, get ready. <laughs> because here the start line comes, and I, I always love that exercise. With me is Ann Randolph. She is a wonderful, wonderful writing coach, the author of Write on Fire and the international bestseller Stories Gathered at the Kitchen Table. It's author you, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. 
take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks built by independent publishers for independent publishers ingram spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential color printing ebook distribution print on demand global reach and more Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. We left you hanging on start lines. And I think start lines are just a juicy way to get you. Uh, in, actually, in, I think of start lines as inspirational. Um, and you never know where they are going to come from. And they could be absolutely non-connected with your expertise, what you're writing about, anything, um, but their beginnings. So, Anne, you want to expand on that? Oh, I'm, I'm delighted to do that. Uh, so I, I believe when you sit down to write, if you, if you have something that helps you get going, as opposed to just looking at a blank page, and uh, I produce lists and lists of uh, good lines to start with, uh, I, I can call out just a couple of examples, uh, such as uh, if only, or she yes. could have, or at any time, or I never thought, or should I tell, or maybe my biggest secret is, and, and my suggestion is that you take one of those lines, if only, and if nothing is coming, you just repeat that line, and repeat means actually write by hand that particular line, and eventually something will come out. If you have to write it three times, that's fine, and something will come out. And if you've assigned yourself 20 minutes to writing and 15 minutes in, you start running a little dry, my suggestion is that you actually repeat that start line. So by mm -hmm. hand, mid-piece, you put that line in again, if only, if it hadn't. It's uh, yes. soon to know. I, I love and, that idea. I love that idea. In fact, in one of your classes, you threw out the if only, and I ended up writing a whole saga comparing publishing and prostitution. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one. <laughs> and that, because there's so much truth in the two of those. Oh, my God. No, for our listeners, I, I said there was a lot more integrity up. sometimes, huh? Yeah? Exactly. You may not have <laughs> thought that sitting down. You're not going to necessarily say publishing and prostitution connect. But no. because it, it's a surprise, then, then that's where the material comes from. And that's why I keep talking about the genius, that the genius knows what to come up with. And uh, I also say when you're writing and you're using these start lines that you do not correct as you write, you just keep moving because you can write something, you can misspell something, and it turns out that that's really what you wanted to say, which I, I think is hugely important. With start I, lines, 
I yeah. also like to to use lines that are, that are whimsical and have a, a little bit. But the real term is yearning. That it's about a start line is about yearning for something. I remember what I really want to say is I never thought so. So you are you're, you're yearning for something because when you're dealing with a character or when you're dealing with a, a point of nonfiction, the only thing that people really care about is the want and the desire of that particular character. What stands in that character's way? What stands in the reader's way? They are reading your nonfiction because they want something and you have a solution for them. Mm-hmm. What do they want to achieve to get their desire met? Uh, what kind of loss are they experiencing? So I keep saying over and over again in my classes, the only thing we care about is what is in the depth of a person's heart, and that is the writer or the narrator or the character's heart. What yearning drives that character and what motivates our lives. And that way, you will capture your reader. And there's there's so much truth. I hope all our listeners are really just chewing on what you said, because the, the I think the start lines is one of the most critical things because it's like a letter to yourself, and it's maybe a letter that no one else will ever see, but it 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 really does get into I I think the core is the right word, the core of often who you are and what your passion is and what your driving is about um, as you go forward, and I I just think it loosens up so much in the process. So, I mean, I, I love it. I'm glad you expanded on that. Thank you. Great. And I love that you brought up about the core. I actually do an entire workshop called Write Your Core, where, mm. you, where you're trying to find what makes you tick. What, what is your personal hot button? And if you can find that particular moment, that's where the meat of the writing falls out. That's where we start carving into the delicious bits of that prime rib. Uh, so trying to catch that core and find out what, what gives us goosebumps or what makes us afraid or what enrages us. And that's who we are and that's what the reader is going to pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes in our in our workshops, uh, people will get emotional when they're writing, or and sure. particularly when they're reading. Sometimes people will, will even break into tears when they read. And I say that if the writer is having a true, authentic emotion, that they are really feeling something, and they put that on the page, the reader will have exactly the same emotion. So your reader is not going to cry or be angry unless you cry and you are angry. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a huge tidbit for all of you to really let that flow out. I mean, it's it's it. I, I have to pull back. I, sometimes I my my authors get get on rants, and you've got to look at you know there are rants and there are rants. So where are you going to take me with this? And sometimes rants need to be pulled off the page. This is for you. This is your start line. You go back to it and then you settle into it. Okay, so how are we going to solve this thing? 
and going through it. I mean, gosh, and with what's gone on in the political scene this last season, that there we've certainly heard a lot of rants from people. Well, but, you know, interesting, so. because ranting, ranting is a good thing to do, and not necessarily mm-hmm. every word goes in your final piece. Exactly. But I, but I say, when you're writing and it starts getting a little emotional, it's real easy to get up and go heat your coffee. And I suggest that you drink cold coffee, that you do not get up, that you stay with that issue and go with it, that you laugh or you cry or you get mad. But, but in fact, that's in one of my, one of my ten rules of the road if, with this kind of writing is if the issue is big, go with it, laugh, cry, get mad. So drink cold coffee and stay there in that moment and finish that moment out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, 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 and get, get to conclusion. And, and, and you may want to keep some of those pieces or you may toss it out, but yeah, work through it. Um, and, and there, and there may be in, you know, I've used the word gems, but they're often just amazing gems um, when you let it all hang out and flow. So I love that. All right. So let's, let's talk about, and some of the unique factors. I mean, you're talking about inspiring writers and all that, but um, you, you know, how, what makes things truly unique, um, when you're writing with this? And we, we mentioned the core and going that, but I think that one of the things also, I mean, I know that you do this is that you've always offered off, uh, you know, writers that you work with in your workshop, a really safe community. So, so all those emotions can come out. Well, absolutely, and feeling safe when you write is hugely important. You want to feel safe when you write so you can write about all those unsafe things that happened in your life. Uh, we try to set up a, 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 a psychic space when people write in our workshops uh, where, where I really actually set the space so it has a cocoon around it and so people are safe. Uh, we also uh, use positive, that this is a positive-based writing forum, and so uh, people can feel safe because they know they're not going to get beat up about the writing, that they're going to be nurtured with their writing. Um, and then uh, I always say in my workshops that uh, we use the Las Vegas method in the mm-hmm. workshops, and that is what happens here stays here. Mm-hmm. So people create a pack that they can say anything in our forum and but it doesn't leave the room that it stays in this particular room and so safety is safety is a huge important aspect of writing mm-hmm. so and and um it wasn't on our agenda really to talk about but can you talk about i i say i don't think of you what you do in your classes is like the typical writing group um, I mean, I've seen a lot of things happen in writing groups, and I and I know that you and your groups, you've had some people who have gone forward and written their books, and some people just keep coming back and because they just like to write. So, um, and and I've actually told some people if you're in a group that they're just they just like to write, and no one has really any objective, and you are trying to really put a book together that maybe you're in the wrong group. Can you make any comments on that? Am I off Keter here, or um, do you have thoughts? 
Well, it it really does matter who you're with, um, and and it's the skill of the leader of the group to keep the group above board. Uh, sometimes groups will jaunt for who's in charge, and mm-hmm. uh, and so it becomes about leadership in charge as opposed to about allowing what you want to write to come out of the page. Uh, occasionally, when I've had a, a, some new people come into the class, they will uh, they will make a critical comment, and I've literally come practically across the table to say we don't do that here. We only talk about uh, what is positive. But we also, Mm. in our groups, we refer to the writer. So rather than saying, uh, you really moved me when you said that, or you're really scared when that's writing, we don't say you. This is not a therapy session. It's a writing session. And so we say, the writer really moved me, or the narrator uh, had very vivid comments there. And uh, it's the narrator and the writer we're talking about. It's not the person who's doing the writing. It's uh, or, or, the or it could be like, oh, it's the, the protagonist seems really confused, uh, you know, and, and, so, and you, so you're inviting the writer to come in and maybe explain a little bit more, and maybe they get clarity in the process. So it's a kinder, gentler way to add input. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll be right back with the awesome, amazing writing muse, Anne Randolph. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd if you want to create a book with no regrets. Give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at TheBookShepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. 
Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so writing groups. Some are good. Some are maybe not the right ones to do. And I think, Anne, that, you know, I, we live, you, you and I both live in Colorado. There is a hubbub of a lot of different writing groups around here um, going to. So what, what, if someone's looking for a, a writing group and, and, you know, there's, I guess, free and fee, how, how does one make a judgment? I mean, how do you do an assessment? Well, that's that's a really good question. Um, one thing to do is is to talk with the person who's the leader of the group to see if you have uh, uh, some repartee with them, and uh, uh, another is to ask people about about particular groups. Uh, it's a, a group can be extremely important for your writing and very supportive. And a class is different from a group. A class is where you go to learn skills, and that is hugely important. A group is generally where you go to actually write. And it's really why writing practice is so important. It's really easy to become dependent on a group where you can Mm -hmm. only write when you have six other people sitting around you. And Mm -hmm. uh, you want to be able to write on your own as well. In fact, at at one time in my early career of of this type of writing, uh, I became very dependent on a group. And when the group uh, disbanded and the the leader went moved away and went and did other things, it was devastating because I only knew how to write sitting around these other six supportive people. And so with writing practice, you want to be able to teach yourself to write on your own and not be dependent on other people for your writing because writing is about you and what you have to share to the world and uh, and you, you just want to be able to feel safe and to do your own writing in your own space. It's also another reason why in, in our writing groups uh, I have what I call the rules of the road for uh, for writing and and when a new person comes in we go over those rules because they are hugely important and that we are positive based that we refer to the writer and then there there are some other rules that uh, try to help us get into this style of writing and and so I, I you know I, I think a lot of a lot of groups don't really have rules I think that the, uh, one of the problems I think a lot of people just like to get together. And and maybe someone all of a sudden becomes the self-propelled leader 
of it and whether that's good or bad. And there doesn't seem to be maybe a real objective, just that we're going to get together on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock and write or something like that. yeah, I think that can absolutely be fine. What, what you want to be sure that you do when, you, when you're writing with any group uh, is one of my rules, and that, that says check the critic at the door, that you're not bringing a critic mm-hmm. into this group. You are bringing a, a, a genius that needs to be protected into that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that now we're back to the where we started almost is let the let the genius come out, let it shout out, um, and get rid of all the clutter that you the baggage that we all seem to have a little bit of. And and you do that so you can sit down and write about the baggage. So you can mm-hmm. sit down and and write that uh, that I grew up in a very cluttered house and it's very hard for me to be to not be cluttered in my thoughts. I mean, th- those kind of words can come on the page because you have gotten rid of the clutter to let what's really core for you to come to come through. Well, now, Anne, I know that you're a huge proponent of you, you know, to, to really write with your heart, you have to write with your hand because the, uh, the connection, the physical connection um, that all goes on with there. And what do we do with our high tech world that <laughs> that really because, you know, I find it I find it fascinating that some of the high tech companies have actually put dictums out that they can't bring their their uh, tablets and their phones to the meeting. They're going to be taking notes on paper. Have you have you come across this? Because I'm seeing it more now. Well, it's, it's interesting, and, and also on our computers, uh, most computers now have a hand component where you can actually write by hand using the mm-hmm. computer. Uh, it's a real interesting question about why do I say write by hand? And uh, number one, ha- writing by hand, it's a tactile art. It's something that you can touch and feel. Uh, we talked about that your hand is the closest to your heart, and you honestly do get different information writing by hand but after you've written by hand you want to sit down and you want to type in what you wrote and you want to have that in your computer and I strongly suggest that you do it immediately if you write in the morning in the afternoon you type in what you wrote Uh, I also suggest that you type it in exactly as it is you don't do your work on it. You don't edit at the time. You just get in that material, including the mistakes. And uh, the reason I say that is, number one, it only takes 10 minutes to do it. And number two, you are preserving that genius. So when it's time to work on your work, I uh, will type it in. I'll save it as a file. And when I'm getting ready to edit that, I save as. I do a brand-new file. It has exactly the same file name, but I put .rwt, which for me means rewrite. And then I can go to town. I can, I can move, and I can edit, and I can mm-hmm. chop, and I can paste, and I can go crazy. And then mm-hmm. after I've edited it too much and it's lost all its heart, I can go back to that original piece and see where the fire was in that early piece, and I haven't lost anything. So mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. do this as two documents. 
And I also, in the technical world, in fact, the people in my class are sick of hearing me talk about this, but it's so important. Everything that I write or produce, I put a footer at the bottom of my computer page that tells me the exact file path where that particular material is. Because once you've written for a while, you can end up with stacks and stacks of material. And if you have that footer, you can pull that hard copy out, and you know exactly where to go to find that material. Well, that's an interesting little tip um, to, to use footers. So you just you insert it? You do an insert I, I do. at the end and recap? I, I insert it. I insert it at the end, and and different computers have different ways to actually yes. get to uh, what uh, mine is a. Uh, uh is a regular uh, desktop computer, not Apple, and mine uh, is through something called uh, Quick Parts, and I even have that as an icon on my on my screen. So I finish a document, I save, I run, go up to Quick Parts, and I put the entire file path, so to say, C and Randolph documents, writing, and then it has has the exact name of that file. I also do that since I use poems at the beginning and the end of each of my workshops. Uh, I put that mm-hmm. footer on poems so I can refine those easily too. But it has been an absolute lifesaver for me to know exactly where that document came from. Oh, yeah, because we've all been in situations saying, oh, I know I did this. I know I have it. I know it's somewhere in these 20 pages. I know it's here. Um, and, and so what you're doing is, and there, and there could be other shortcuts for everyone. Everyone's going to have their own style and methodology of doing those. There could just be a couple of key words um, that you can do in. And, you know, you can also get into, it once you go into this translation, if you're doing handwriting and going over, that all you have to do is very quickly, um, um, you can create a comment side, just coming it in, so you can open up a document and those comments will immediately come up and you can track that way too. I mean, there's all no, kinds of things that, that you can do to bring this yeah, out. that's which a would, great idea. And I also use search on my computer all the time. Absolutely. Where I put in the keywords and I, and I find it. But one absolutely. huge lesson about typing your work, so you do your practice writing and then type it. You can do it immediately, you can do it in the afternoon, but you want to do it soon. Uh, I am working at working a novel now, and uh, I have done a lot of handwriting on the novel, and I got lazy, and I quit typing in some of this material, and I have found myself with five notebooks filled with my own handwriting that I did not sit down and type in. Yikes. So through, <laughs> I know. So through this three- or four-week period, I am doing nothing but going through those notebooks and uh, documenting the notebooks. It's the, the front page of the notebook. I put yeah. what's inside that notebook. But I write that by hand, and I'm typing that in. So th- let me be your example. Type well, and, in as soon and, as you've written it. And, and then I bet you you found some amazing gems that you forgot were there. I bet found you did. things I had no idea I had written. <laughs> and I'm I love delighted that. to find it. I know. That's so much fun. Okay, so we, we've got like two minutes to go here. So let's do, I mean, you always say, which you have said, let the pen do the writing. I think this is a good way to kind of do a, a wrap up. And then let's talk a little bit about kitchen table writing. And we want to let all our listeners know, 
Anne has a awesome deal for all of you. Um, and it's really a special for our listeners for a limited edition of Right on Fire, which is hot off the press. And all you have to do is go to www.shop.annrandolph.com. So an Anne is with an E, A-N-N-E-R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H. So very quickly, right, let the pen do the writing. That's where our heart and soul gets to the core. But you want to add to that? Well, absolutely, that, that it, it is the pen that's working. You're not working. And so you don't want to think while you're writing. Thinking is for another day. You want to just let that energy flow. And you want to be present. You want to be right where you are doing the writing, not thinking about something else. Um, and whatever comes out of the pen, you want to let hit the page. Uh, you don't... Uh, if, if, if your grocery list starts coming out, that's fine. Just jot that down. <laughs> exactly. If the gremlin comes up that says you don't know what you're doing, then just jot down. You don't know what you're doing, and then keep going. And just um, let it go. And, and the other and, thing is, people should not try to edit and fix the spelling and worry about punctuation and grammar. And too many uh, writers get caught up in this stuff. Let it go. You can come back and do that later. And that's for another day. And and you want to be sure that you say whatever comes to mind. You let whatever comes up because the genius is sitting there waiting and trying to come up. And to capture all of these rules and these suggestions, you can find all of this in my new book, Right on Fire. And uh, and I'm also offering, if you want to uh, to get a copy of uh, Right on Fire, which is a digital limited edition. Uh, I also have a deal that if you buy Stories Gathered at the Kitchen Table and Right on Fire at the same time, I have a bundle price for that. And all of that is online at shop.annrandolph.com. So there you go. This is a, what a great gift to give to yourself for this year and next year and for any budding author um, that you know of. And, and you know, don't think about age here. Any age will work with this. So you uh, think youngsters, teens, um, young adults who are thinking about writing. And, and here's the other thing. It's just not writing books. We're writing everywhere. We're writing everywhere. And we don't want to lose that art and there is an art to it. So what Anne does with her kitchen table writing and with her write on fire and showing you how to bring words alive that engage, that inspire, that make the page turners become the page turners, this is where you want to go. So Anne Randolph, thank you so much for being with us on Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing today. It's a pleasure and a delight, and we hope people will sit down at their kitchen table and start writing. Uh, it, actually, I want them to sit down anywhere and start writing, but kitchen tables are, <laughs> you know, I think that's great. That's how I've done it many times. All right, with that, everyone, have a wonderful holiday. If you're listening to this before the holidays are hitting, which, uh, you know, it's, it's really this, this weekend is going to be huge, but keep going. This is, I think, a podcast you want to come back and listen to over and over again. This is Judith Bryles. Keep on writing, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
Each week, a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take you, the author, to the next level. You'll learn tips and secrets on how to create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve book publishing success by making one very simple change in your book's journey. How to avoid the publishing predators. How to create an author and book platform that rocks. Learn how to make a living with your words and your books. Learn how to publish a book that has no regrets and so much more. For more information, check out AuthorU.org, where authors who want to be seriously successful go. And Judith's website, TheBookShepherd.com. Then join us again here next week for more. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Riles. Brought to you by AuthorU and The Book Shepherd. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 